Let's listen to this man. He got some good news for you. Hey, everybody. Gather near. The doctor's in the house. So lend him your ear. The things he can say might even make your day. He might even help your pain away. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Ron here. The doctor is in the house. This is Dr. Ron, host of Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored, uh, with our seventh episode of this, our sixth season. Ladies and gentlemen, this program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. The information is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and you are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all, of, all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I do welcome you with an attitude of gratitude, you know, because feeling gratitude makes us optimistic and when you're optimistic you have lower blood pressure you get a better night's sleep you live longer and you bounce back you bounce back from stressful situations and uh i won't bore you but we are having stressful situ situations here on blog talk radio and thanks to our listeners uh and one in particular uh so it looks like we're making progress today with our sound problems. We're back on the computer. Could not use the mobile app. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's not your problem. So let's just start out. We want to talk about COVID. We want to talk about the vaccine. I want to talk about something that will keep you young looking and something you haven't heard much about, except, you know, we talked about, Inflammation, right? acute inflammation, chronic inflammation, and that <clears throat> inflammation is what ages you and, and keeps you in pain. 
And one of the things we talked about beside garlic and the anti-inflammatory foods was turmeric, the yellow root, right? It is the something that, get, that can keep your skin glowing and youthful and healthy. And it has been called the spicy skin secret and has a history dating back over 4,000 years. And in the Indian culture, it's considered a symbol of good fortune, prosperity, and beauty, right? So it is an anti-inflammatory. It can soothe sunburns. It can help heal cuts and scrapes. It can help regenerate tissue. It's added to wound dressings throughout Asia to help in healing. It's antibacterial. It's great for diabetic patients who struggle with wound healing. It can get rid of acne and get help with scarring. It is one humble spice, I would say. The active ingredient that does all this is curcumin, and that's also what gives turmeric its yellow color. Research has shown that it can help keep DNA damage at bay, especially that DNA damage from UV exposure, in other words, from the sun. In animals, it can inhibit the formation of melanoma and other skin cancers. But it has a cosmetic value. It can help rejuvenate your skin if it's used topically. And it is, you can find this ingredient in some skincare products like facial masks. Or you know what? You could add a few drops of turmeric essential oil to a moisturizer or a cream that you already have. You can also create a homemade paste using the turmeric powder and an oil or other skin soothing liquid like aloe vera. Now, like anything else, if you're, you know, you want to do a little patch test, make sure you're not allergic to it. And, um, the color of turmeric is so bright and dramatic that it could stain your skin if you leave it on too long and don't wash it off right away. But it's not harmful. But you might like look. You might like the way you look afterwards. So let's uh, spice up that skincare. Let's get back to uh, our our uh, monitor of the sound and see how we're doing. And it looks like uh, we're doing okay. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, you know, everybody is rushing out for this vaccine. And as I told you in my last episode, it is really not a vaccine. Okay. It is gene therapy. I talked to you about Dr. Mikovits. Okay. A molecular biologist, PhD author, and, and she's been working with this for years this is gene therapy. If, and if they did not call it a vaccine, they would not have gotten it approved to be used in everybody. But this is a genetic manipulation of your DNA. Even Dr. David Martin, a PhD, said in an interview that mRNA is not a vaccination. It is gene therapy that was originally developed for cancer treatment. On top of that, Dr. Martin described the role the media have been playing in propagating falsehoods around the PCR testing for COVID-19. And you've heard it many, many times on this program that the PCR test was 
totally inaccurate. You know, and it is just crazy that when we had an inauguration of a new person in the White House, all of a sudden the PCR test has been admittedly false positive, and it was false positive because they amplified the sample too many times. It's called cycle cycles of uh, CTs. And uh, if it's at 40, it's always positive. The test should never have been used as a diagnostic test. It was always a test to be used for manufacturing and in the, in the lab. Now, all of a sudden, they reduced the number of cycles down to 25, and now we have a test that is more accurate, one where you can find viruses if you look for them. And so now what is happening? SARS-CoV-2 viruses are, and the COVID-19 symptoms are decreasing by 30 and 40% all over the world in spite of vaccination rates of only 8 to 10%, right? And the majority of all these cases we heard day in and day out were people that just had a positive test and no virus in their system or they had such small fragments, they would never cause symptoms. So we have to remember, we have SARS-CoV-2, SARS-CoV-2, which is the virus. And we have COVID-19. COVID-19 is the symptoms that go along with a positive test. So most people just had a positive test. They really did not have COVID because they weren't sick. It was an illusion. Most of them had not even one single symptom. And everybody was conflating, putting together these two things, the SARS-CoV-2 virus and the COVID-19, which is the symptoms that go along with it. SARS-CoV-2 is the virus and COVID-19 is a set of clinical symptoms. And COVID-19 is not a disease. It is a series of symptoms, clinical symptoms. And actually those symptoms can be associated with influenza and other febrile diseases, including muscle pain, body aches, and fever, right? And vaccination, when you, you, you think of vaccination, don't you usually think that it's with a virus, either a live one or an attenuated one, and it's meant to keep you from getting an infection and is meant to keep you from transmitting the infection? The problem is that with Moderna and Pfizer, it is not a vaccine, it's a gene therapy that gets into your RNA and makes your body make spike proteins, which is a pathogen. Quote, this is not only not keeping you from getting sick, it's making your body produce the thing that makes you sick, according to Dr. Martin. The injection makes your body produce an effect that makes one sick, but it's not a vaccine. It does not trigger immunity.
So you could still get the virus and you could still transmit the virus. But with this gene therapy, you just won't get as sick. And believe it or not, you know, the pharmaceutical companies that made these vaccines, they said they could not test for the existence or absence of the virus, and they could not test for its transmissivity because they said it would be impractical. So again, to get off of this subject, this this injection is not going to stop you from getting the coronavirus. It's not going to stop you from getting sick. It'll just attenuate the symptoms. This gene therapy, well, you can still get symptoms after this gene therapy. And the people that have looked at this said you will get COVID symptoms 80% of the time. But remember, if you did not get the vaccine, if you had the PCR test, 80% of the time you had no symptoms at all. And this is an experimental gene-altering therapy. Once you get this vaccine, you will be uh, listed in a database that will track you until 2023. Again, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I just want you to be aware of what the facts are. Let me go check back with our uh, listener here. Okay, looks like we're still good. So where are we so far? Okay, so we have a database of vaccine adverse event reporting system. As of January 29th, 501 reported deaths 453 were from the United States. The average age of those who died was 77. The youngest was 23. As of January 29th, there were 11,249 total adverse events. Now, get out your calculators because generally only 1% of adverse reactions and deaths are reported. And this is out of 35 million people who had, as of January 29th, who received one or both doses of this uh, genetic injection, experimental injection. this injection that was granted emergency use authorization. These these injections are still, even according to the FDA's own definition, are still considered experimental until fully licensed. Now, 
again, just for your information, the Pfizer vaccine was taken by 59% of those who died, while the Moderna vaccine was taken by 41%. Okay, and you you read you read in the paper what's going what's been going on with uh, people getting all kinds of symptoms. Okay, so we know that the World Health Organization changed uh, the definition of a vaccine and they changed the definition and the standards for doing the PCR test. Now, just as an aside, you know, a recent report showed there are 1.5 billion face masks that have flooded our oceans in 2020. Think of that number, 1.5 billion. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, right? You know, there's 12 million tons of plastic that enters our oceans each year. In fact, next week, if everything continues to be good, we're going to talk about plastics and chemicals in our environment and how they are really making us sick. Getting back to face masks, they could take 450 years to degrade. And they also have a lot of plastic in them and chemicals and viruses and bacteria and everything from people coughing into these things. I like what one group of people call these. They call them face diapers because they get dirty. 52 billion face masks were produced in 2020. 52 billion. So they're now polluting the oceans with these things and they're a toxic hazard. I mean, this is an environmental disaster in its own. I mean, are there, these masks are, are already being blamed for bird deaths and fish deaths. I mean, we, the marine uh, biologists already blame plastic pollution killing 100,000 marine mammals. Jeez. There's a report of a penguin that was found dead on a beach in Brazil because he swallowed an N95 face mask. Seagulls are found with their feet all tangled up in the ear loops of, of these masks. Enough being said, but, you know, do we really need masks? I guess that's another question we should ask ourselves. Do we really need these face coverings, these diapers over us? Well, I've told you in the past, medical masks affect our respiratory physiology and function. They lower our, lower our oxygen levels. They increase our CO2 levels. Remember, you can only live four minutes without oxygen. They trap viruses in the mass. And you know, you are more susceptible to infections when you have low oxygen blood levels. 
And they could give you a false sense of security, huh? You think you're invincible? And what do they do to social relationships? So those of you that have listened to my program know that I uh, have often talked about Dr. Arthur Furstenberg and his book, The Invisible Rainbow, which I am now starting to reread. He's come out on some uh, and written a, a nice uh, article on masks and COVID-19 with many, many, many references. There have been 14 randomized controlled studies of masks and not one of them has shown any evidence that masks work for COVID-19 infection. How about that? The conclusion of the last study would be, it would appear that minimum contamination can best be achieved by not wearing a mask at all, especially during surgery. They they have to rethink that. Now, how about China? They're now prohibiting students from wearing masks while exercising because it was killing them. It was depriving them of oxygen and killing them. Three children died during a PE class, two of them while running on the school's track while wearing a mask. And a 26-year-old suffered a collapsed lung after running two and a half miles while wearing a mask. The research is showing that mask mandates have not kept the death rate down anywhere. In fact, Dr. Furstenberg writes that in the 20 United States states that have never ordered people to wear face masks indoors and out have dramatically lowered death rates than the 30 states that have mandated masks. Benjamin Cherry wrote, we are living in an atmosphere of permanent illness and meaningless separation. And remember, social interactions are the number one thing that keeps your immune system strong. It is the number one thing that centenarians have going for them. It trumps smoking and diet and alcohol. Social relationships, they are critical. Critical. All right, I every so often have to check back with my... uh, my listener and guide and see how we're doing. Okay. So I'm not going to go too long today because this is a a test and uh, I appreciate the feedback, but I want you to know that this is not a vaccine. This is a genetic experiment. It's an experimental genetic uh, injection. Okay. Um, Gene therapies, simple. That's what it is. It's a, they are gene therapies. It's been proven now that hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin are therapies that, if instituted early, can knock this disease out. So much so, and that a lot of physicians are wondering why we are going through this vaccine route. The American frontline doctors, 
they have been out all over talking about hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. What are we doing to ourselves with all the cleaning agents? And remember, if uh, I talked to you about it uh, last week and the week before, using cleaning agents once a week leads to about a 30% chance of you getting COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. So we're using cleaners, you know, and our skin is the largest organ of our body and we're wiping it down with this stuff and it's getting into our system and causing toxic reactions, weakening our immune system, weakening our gut bacteria, our gut microbiome. And I, you know, I've talked about this for 12 months now. That's where your vaccine is. It's in your gut. It's in your gut. You have to keep the right bacteria healthy in your gut in order to make you healthy. That's why I like this, this product called Megaspores. I've talked about that and I'll do it again at some point, but I, I just like that because it, it survives the stomach acid and gets down into the gut where it's really needed. I imagine there are other products out there that do it, but this is one that I'm familiar with and that I use. And glyphosate, you know, this Roundup product, it seems that every day there's another article that comes out that how it's influencing our health and maybe that has something to do with uh, this uh, COVID and uh, SARS-2 infection. Roundup wheat killer disrupts the microbiome in the gut, as does electromagnetic fields. So you see, there's a lot of things in our environment our poor diet, our lack of sunshine, our generally low vitamin D levels, the EMFs from all the uh, uh, electronic devices and, and, and the internet of everything, being kept in isolation, keeping us socially distanced, not getting a good night's sleep because we're exposed to so much blue light at night and not wearing blue blocker lenses and not turning off uh, television in our bedrooms. And as I talked about months ago, melatonin is, is more than just a hormone that regulates our sleep. Okay. It, is, it has, it has uh, functions as that affect, uh, cancer and it affects the way we age we don't have enough we're going to age faster just think about the effects of melatonin as a sideline here it affects our sex hormones our immune system it's an antioxidant it can decrease our cortisol levels, which anybody under stress has high cortisol levels and therefore decreased immunity. It improves our mood. It improves our sleep quality. It's cardioprotective. We learned that from Dr. Steven Sinatra years ago. It decreases the stickiness of our platelets and therefore decreases our risk of heart disease. It promotes healthy cholesterol levels. It relieves jet lag. That's if we're, when we start traveling again. 
It protect it protects our skin cells from UV damage. So how about melatonin and turmeric? So if you're not sleeping good, you're tired, you're anxious, you wake up early, you have interrupted sleep, you might be low in, in melatonin. Maybe you're taking the wrong kind of uh, supplements. Maybe if you're using a lot of Tylenol, that'll decrease your uh, melatonin. But I go back to saying one of the major, major reasons why we have low melatonin levels is because of the electromagnetic fields. But the Tylenol, alcohol, certain drugs, tobacco, high sugars, if you're deficient in B12, they all will decrease your melatonin. Well, I'm going to go back to my checker. And it uh, looks like she's still hanging in there. I appreciate that. We won't go on too much longer. I'm just this. This has really been great to have a, a, a podcast with no audio problems. I guess I'm not going to be the, uh, the, the star here all the time with this, but I hope so. So your gut and your brain are con everything is connected. And one of these days we have to put it all together. But you know, if you don't have a, if you have a poor microbiome in your in your gut, it's going to affect your brain. So one more little food tidbit about making waves in the bedroom. A member of the pea family. Did you know fennel or fenugreek was in the pea family? And it's been used by the Egyptians back at 1500 BC been used for thousands of years and it's been used mainly in a tea for if you have an upset stomach or digestion problems but for women it's been used as an aphrodisiac in one study women who took 600 milligrams a day increased their desire and arousal because fenugreek has plant estrogens, phytoestrogens, which have, which have an estrogenic effect on women. But hey, guys, you know what? It also boosts your testosterone level. And you know, women need testosterone too. So it keeps your libido healthy, keeps you functioning, functioning sexually. So a little bit about fenugreek and your libido and your sexual performance. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Ron, host of Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored, with a fantastic listener today from Pennsylvania, monitoring how we're doing. So a um, little, just some news that you could use for today. Uh, we'll be back uh, with this good audio sound. And uh, we have so much to talk about. We have so much to talk about. And just, just.
please, before I go, please take your vitamin C, your zinc, your melatonin, your D3, your quercetin. Please take that every day. Please atomize some colloidal silver. Okay, and if you start to get a cold, atomize some food-grade peroxide. Eat healthy, be active, get your meat off the seat, keep a superior interior, get great night's sleep. So important. Try not to carry around emotional baggage. Try and kick that to the shore. Eat some nuts. Have some coconut in your diet. Avoid soda and junk junk drinks. But the, the refined sugars and the fructose, horrible for you. They drive inflammation. And when you drive inflammation, you drive yourself sick. Okay, well, thank you for listening. This is Dr. Ron. We're going to sign out now with uh, a nice little... Oh, my gosh. How can I respond to this question? What is the best way to eat nuts? Well, we'll talk about that. Let... Uh, Freddie, take us home and have a great rest of the day. And uh, hopefully, if everything goes right, we will see you Saturday. Ciao. Hey, everybody. Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. If it's all about good health, it's the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in the house. Or when the doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. When the doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. So if you have a pain, call the doctor. If you have a strain, call the doctor. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. When the doctor is in the house, the doctor is in the house. See you next week.